Listener supported. WNYC Studios. So many white guys. So many. So many white guys. So white. How much whiteness? All over the place. God damn. Welcome to So Many White Guys, brought to you by WNYC Studios. I'm your host, Phoebe Robinson, and as always, I'm fine as hell, babies. Ooh, yeah, you are. Ooh, you know that sexy-ass Minnesota voice over there. I'm talking about my oh-so-delightful, oh-so-talented producer, Joanna Solitaroff, guys. Thanks for your kind words, you know. I haven't been leaving the house much. It's just me and Netflix. (laughs) That sounds hot, though. Like, I'm watching TV nonstop, too, right now. Wait, peeps, what kind of shows did you watch when you were little? Ooh, when I was a baby? A baby. I mean, obviously, TGIF. Oh, my God. It's Friday night. I mean, come on. Did you know that the same composer did the theme song to Step by Step, Family Matters, and (gasps) Full House? Oh, my God. I hope that composer (laughs) got really rich and also married someone super insanely hot because those are three classic TV show songs. (laughs) I love those shows. And then I want to say, like, I don't know, as a kid, like Moesha, Martin, a lot of those shows, too. So it was like Living Single. There's a lot of black TV. So I watched that. that, What was Living Single? (sighs) Guys, this is what happens when you grow up in Minnesota and you don't have black friends in Minnesota as a kid. You know. Living single is about four friends. That's what I thought. And it's Queen Latifah. Okay. I know what living single is. Do you? Do yes. you know the theme song? <laughs> We're four girls living single uh-huh. in the city, baby. Is that the theme song? Yes, that's that is what Queen Latifah recorded <laughs> in the studio. She used all of her singing and rap skills to do that trash. <laughs> Wait, what's the theme song then? Check, check, check it out, check, check, check it out. What you want, go bring it to Cause we're living single. Ooh. That was exactly what I said. No, I. <laughs> and I'm glad I got my girls. Keep your head up, what? Keep your head up. That's right. Whatever this like, you gotta fight. Um, okay, enough joking around. I gotta tell ya. Mm hmm. Alana's here again, and she wants to say I'm sorry. You know what? I'm kind of into it because she apologized for Gwen Stefani last time, and that was pretty dope. That was pretty... I felt good. Like, I was like, I didn't even know I needed to be sorry for that, and I am. Yeah. So, bring her on in. Okay, cool. Come on in here, Alana. I love you. Hey, Phoebe. Hey, girl. How's it going? It's good. It's good. It's going good. Mm -hmm. Um, So... My name is Alana Glazer. I am a producer on So Many White Guys. This week, I wanted to apologize to you on behalf of white people for 
plantation style weddings. <gasps> I just learned about this. I can't believe that this exists. Yeah. Like what what do you mean? And it's like, nope, it's exactly what it mm-hmm. sounds like. A wedding on a hopefully former plantation. Yeah. No. Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds did this shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't it's believe crazy. that's a thing. It's and crazy. I can't believe Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively did that. That sucks. I'm like, what you doing, dog? But also, they're like, I mean, she's like trying to have her own goop line. You know, yeah, she's totally. out of touch. Totally. Out of touch, out of time. Hashtag Holland Oats, you know? Come on. Yikes. Plantation style wedding. I don't yeah. get it. And also, I'm like, on that day, are they like, this is weird, at least, or no, not at all? I think they're just like, this, look at all this land. And you're like, yeah, someone used to fucking till that land as my fucking great grandparents, dude. I'm so sorry for plantation weddings. I'm so sorry for colonial style houses. I'm so sorry for the heritage line at Banana Republic. I'm so sorry for the green romper I think I bought under that line. I, they've long since been donated. I'm sorry. Thank you. What garbage. What a garbage world we sometimes live in, even though there is also beauty. Um, like our friendship. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry about that garbage that white people caused. Thanks, boo. Love I, you. I love you too. Sorry. Bye. Joan. I solemnly swear mm-hmm. that I will never have a plantation wedding. Not that I was planning to before the segment, but I just want you to know. Thank you, because if you did, I would straight up not come to that wedding. Can you imagine, like, starting your married life off with that kind of energy? Yeah, it's like such... I hope, like, their house is haunted with just fucking Harriet Tubman. Oh my god. I love the idea of knowing exactly which famous historical figure is haunting your house. Who would I want to haunt me? Um, <laughs> can I have Prince haunt me? Oh my god. That's like a sexy haunting. Can you imagine you'd be like getting ready like in your bathroom mirror and he just like pops up behind you and is like, you look great, girl. Yeah. Get out there. Ooh, I like your impression of Prince. You're like eating breakfast at the table and he's just like dancing in high heels on your table. Yeah, that's hot. Ah. Anyway, <laughs> while we go think about these sexy ass hauntings, let's get on with the show. Does that sound like fun? I think that's a great plan, Phoebe. Hey, babies! Welcome back to So Many White Guys. I'm still here with you, your host, Phoebe to the Lynn to the Robinson. You guys, one of my fave parts of this gig is that I get to chat with my homies. I mean, obviously, it's pretty cool to talk to celebs that I've always been a fan of and I'm finally meeting for the first time. But, you know, there's just something about breaking bread over a couple of diva cups. Wow. Okay, really? <laughs> that is what has crossed the line of all the yeah. batshit crazy things I've said? <laughs> You protest yeah. this one. I'm going to call the FCC myself on this one. <laughs> All right, whatever. The point is, today's guest is a deaf friend of mine, and I'm so excited we can find the girl on the podcast. I am, of course, talking about Abby Jacobson, the co-creator and co-star of the hit Comedy Central television series. You might have heard of it. I don't know. It's called Broad City. Four and three and two and one, one. Every superstar wants to do the show. People like Vanessa L. Williams, Tony Danza, and the HRC herself, Hillary Rodham Clinton. 
giving an L in her name. Very early on in her career because when she started out acting, there was already a black actress named Vanessa Williams who was on season one of Melrose Place. And so Vanessa was like, all right, well, I'll put my L in so we can distinguish each other. Fun fact. Yeah. Vanessa L. Williams and I have the same birthday. <gasps> Cute! Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, Um, enough about that. Yeah. (laughs) We figured out the Vanessa L. Williams thing. Got to the bottom of that. You know what? We don't even need the rest of the. Yeah, just end the episode right now. (laughs) Okay, but for real, for real, guys. So, as you know, Abby's making groundbreaking television all over the place, but she's not done, okay? She's also a visual artist whose third book of illustrations just hit the stands. It's called Carry This Book, and you should pick it up because it's really great and fun and delightful. I mean, she doesn't sleep. I swear on my life she doesn't. Because guess what? She's working on a Netflix drama entitled Six Balloons. Yeah, that's right. Abby is dipping her toe into drama, y'all. And it's very exciting. But it's no big deal. It's Netflix. What? It's just another day for her. But I will let her tell you all about the movie and more in this amazing convo with Abby Jacobson. So hold on to your wig glue and Fruit of the Looms and get ready for some F you hashtag yqy i could hear that f-u-n like in my groin (laughs) it was intense sorry is that not professional (laughs) well hello Abigail, is that your full name? No, nope. but you can call me that. <laughs> I wish want. it was Abigail Jacobson. I was like, that's not it. That's there's, not there's it. No it doesn't Jews feel name, right. Abigail. No, it's no. not. <laughs> so it's just Abby. Yeah, I, I think my my mom just really liked that name. Yeah, it's a good name. It's not very Jewish, right? Abby and Phoebe are kind of in the same category. Yeah, it's like a non ethnic name, really. Yeah, you know, I yeah. like it. Well, I like yours too. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks. Psyched to be here. It's like 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and we're sitting here doing an interview. That's crazy. You're a busy lady. I'm a busy lady. And I freely classify myself as a workaholic. Do you describe yourself as a workaholic? Yes. Okay. I get a lot of satisfaction from finishing things and mm-hmm. doing stuff. And mm-hmm. so it's like this... Yeah, I kind of can't help it. Yeah, and I feel like workaholics get like a bad rap. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, well, I think it's just more because in romantic comedies, it's always like, here's some sassy broad who's just like working all the time and no time for love. nothing else in her life. (laughs) She doesn't have food in her fridge or a dick in her vagina. You're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Do you have food in your fridge, though? I don't. (laughs) Me neither. I literally have like one bottle of seltzer and like almond butter and like applesauce. Wait, I'm not even fucking kidding. I have almond butter and like LaCroix. Oh my God. And that's it. And maybe I have wine. Yes, I have I wine. I have a lot of yes. alcohol in my apartment. Not that I'm even drinking it, but yeah. I don't have a lot of food. Yeah, it's like I, I want to have food. Me too. But it's like once it runs out, I'm just like, oh, my fridge is empty. Yeah. And then I just feel like I'm like picking up food for yeah. dinner and stuff. I'm just like, I'm going to get some Thai noodles. And yep. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> work, work, work. Yeah. Click, click, click. Noodle, noodle, noodle. <laughs> but I do feel like um, I've just been thinking about this a lot. 
in the creative industry that we're in, it requires like a lot of work, like to really get good at what you do and also to put out quality work. And so from the outside looking in, it looks like you're on the path to being a mogul. You know what I mean? It's true. You got the TV show, you got books, you're doing movies. And like, you know, you you graduated from the Maryland Institute of College Art. Maryland Institute College of Art. I was like, she's got it. Yeah, I was like, is that it? It's a lot of words for this title. You could say Micah. Ooh, Micah. I like that. So you yeah. graduated from Micah. What up, guys? What um, up? Ten years later, you're now doing all of this stuff. Was this part of the We're plan? We're the same age, right? Yes, we're both yeah. 32. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And so now you're doing all this stuff. Was this part of the plan? Maybe not specifically comedy, but like even in the art world, did you kind of envision that you would just do various sort of things within the art world? Yeah. You know, it's funny. My dad uh, said to me recently, and I remember us Mm -hmm. having this conversation at Micah. He came down. Micah's in Baltimore. He came down to Baltimore for dinner one night. And my major at college was a GFA major, which is general fine arts, Mm -hmm. which sort of means you don't know what medium you want to work in. So you can, you know, some people major in painting so Mm -hmm. that they're like focused already. And my thing was like, I don't know. I had always loved comedy in high school, but I was like, who the fuck does that? Or like acting, I was like, that's not a thing you can do. So I went went to art school because that's like also impossible, but whatever. (laughs) Um, But I was saying to him like, there's so many things I want to do. I don't know like what to pick or what to do. And he was saying that it's so interesting. He remembers me saying that because now I'm kind of getting to do all the things, which is so cool. But I don't know. And I, when I first moved here, I, I moved to attend the Atlantic Theater, which oh, cool. is like David Mamet's theater yeah. conservatory um, in 2006. And it was just terrible. It's like I, it was so heady. I couldn't even do it. I really wanted to be a dramatic actor. and Oh, you did? Really? Yeah. What clicked in your head that made you go, oh, I guess I will give this a shot? I think it actually was the video stuff I was doing was getting a really positive reaction at school. It was just me doing characters in front of a video camera. It wasn't like really cinematic at all. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, I really miss this and – this is what I kind of always wanted to do. I felt like I was being pulled to New York after college anyway, and I was mm-hmm. like, I think I really want to be an actor. So it was when I was still in college that I applied to Atlantic, and I was like, I want to really give this a shot. And then then in turn, when I found UCB, that mm-hmm. was like really like this is what I want to do. And the UCB's motto is don't think, which is mm-hmm. like the opposite of – what I was experiencing in Atlantic. So I quit Atlantic and started taking classes at UCB and I worked in anthropology. Oh, you did? (laughs) The one in Rockefeller Center because I was like, I'm so close to SNL. (laughs) (laughs) What up, Tina Fey? Yeah. And so I guess my goal at the time, which I've given to my character on the show, was like maybe I can have a day job that involves my art and at night do comedy once I realized that I wanted to do comedy. But um, I had this little card company, and I would draw stuff on my desk. I didn't have a studio anymore, so I just sort of would draw on my desk while I worked anthropology and then mm-hmm. went to UCB and shows and stuff. Yeah. Well, that, it's interesting that you bring up the Atlantic and, like, the headiness of it. But I feel like there is a through line in your work. There's a freedom to it 
like even like your characters on Broad City, like the comedy isn't like set up punch, set up punch, where it's so obvious where the joke is. And a lot of it is just rhythm and just feeling the moment. Is that kind of how you live your life as well? I guess that's how I would want to live my life. Mm-hmm. Hope to. Yeah. But I guess I'm more type A when it comes to some things. Like when it comes to more like business stuff, I try to be a little bit more like this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like this is how we're going to pitch the thing. You yeah. know, like I definitely feel that way in terms of my artwork lately. The illustration stuff lately has been very much influenced by, I think, improv in my comedy mm-hmm. where it's sort of like I'm going to make this work yeah. and this is what you're going to get on the page of my book. I like the reader seeing all my mistakes. I like looking at someone and seeing, wow, that's a successful person, but they also have flaws. Yeah. I, yeah. I like that you mentioned that because I, I read um, Carrie, this book, which is so great. You guys, if you don't have it, get it because that's really fun. Thanks. And um, <laughs> I love how like you would make a mistake and like the illustration and you would just be like, all right, so I messed up here. Yeah. And just like write a note, which I thought was like really fun and interesting. And I know that both your parents are artists. How do they influence your work? Like, I mean, my parents are both very mm-hmm. creative. My dad's more like in the graphic design, mm-hmm. environmental design world. So his stuff particularly like does not have mistakes. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom, but growing up she was a potter. And so she had her pottery at craft shows, and now she has a studio in her house, and it's sort of just for her. In Like, neither of them went to college, mm-hmm. and in, in that kind of mentality, it's, it is sort of like, yeah, use the process in the creation mm-hmm. in a way. I'm definitely influenced by, like, their different brands of creativity for yeah. sure. That's cool. So your book is, do you want to explain what the book is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll explain what the book is. So yeah, it's called Carry This Book. And I, it's so weird. I read this book in middle school called The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. I love that book. It's a great book. Yeah. yeah. I don't even remember everything about that book. But what I took with it was, it's about these Vietnam vets. And he sort of pulled apart the characters by showing what they carried with them while they're in Vietnam. And I was like, that's such an amazing way to to show who someone is. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's more about them, but people's stuff really does say a lot. That's why like MTV Cribs, you like open up the fridge and it's like, well, what's in there? It says like who they are, you know? Yeah. I'm basically doing an MTV Cribs <laughs> on paper. <laughs> but it was it was me. It's my own sort of fan fiction of famous people, famous historical people, um, famous fictional characters, and every page is what they carry around with them. And so a lot of it is based on true stuff. Like I did research on all these people. So as you read it, you kind of can learn about them because the world is like full of like crazy shit. And it's like if this serves as like a break for you for a second, then I've done my job. And that's sometimes I feel like that's what we're doing with comedy Mm -hmm. and like art is like I need to step away. And also like the book as in both our comedies, it does – Talk about some stuff like so you're you're getting a break, but you're also getting a little comments about what's yeah. going on, too. So do you feel like you are a badass right now or like what like what is the thing that you are trying to work on with yourself in a way right now? Sometimes I'm like when I'm doubting myself, I'll think, well, if high school me could see me now, what mm-hmm. would she think? And then I'd be like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And then you feel like, okay, Mm -hmm. all right. Yeah. 
I find for me, I'm so I'm so confident in my work stuff, like so 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 confident. But like my big like self help thing for 2017 is like my personal dating life because mm-hmm. I've never been super confident in that arena, and I've always been like, oh, a little bit, and I hate to say, it, but a little bit like, oh, I'm lucky that this guy is like dating me, which is like it's so gross. I know it's Wait, not. I feel I feel yeah. the same way. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've never been really good at it. I've always felt like I have to always like be the aggressor. Mm-hmm. I always have to ask people out. You ask people out a lot. I just I wait. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I would challenge you because I yeah. feel like we might be similar, even though I'm in a relationship now. But I'm never in relationships for like I'm not a relationship person, and I'm like really? not like just not like. Like, I was in relationships for, like, a couple months, like, Mm -hmm. five months. But it would be, like, it would still have been, like, something where I was, like, I know this isn't going to work out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I really, in the past two years, and not even, like, for relationship reasons, I was sort of, like, this feels out of my control if I am waiting for people to ask me out. Yeah. I was, like, I need to put this in my control the way that you are with work. Yeah. Where it's, like, you wouldn't wait for work to come to you yeah when you're proactive then it's like within your control yeah and it's i made this like goal with myself where i was like anytime that i was like this dude's hot or i like somebody i'm just going to tell them Mm -hmm. it was nuts and i will tell you phoebe you have to do this (laughs) wow it was i would just go up to them and be like hey so i've always thought you're like adorable do you want to get a drink and then That's it's not so like cool. I'm not in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> I just literally think you're cute. Let's get a drink for me to see if I like you. Yeah. But it's it totally changes the whole mentality of it where it's like if you go out and he's not into you, then you're like, That's totally your loss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. It's just like I feel like I'm such an alpha and work that like I'm like, it would be nice. To not be the one who's always in charge of everything. And so I think that's why I approach dating. It's like, well, I guess I'll just like wait a little bit. That's all we ever want is for someone to be like, I want you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This is inspiring for me. Okay. So I want to circle back to your work a little bit. This is yeah. fun to have a little like girl time. Girl time. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, so I want to I go back to um, a profile that The New Yorker did on you by this guy named Nick Palm Garten. Mm-hmm. And he said, Abby and Alana embody the freedom, debauchery, ineptitude, and fellowship that people, particularly young women, must give up or at least hide from view in order to function as adults, which I think is pretty spot on about your characters. Do you still feel like this is something that women currently still have to give up right now? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I totally think that is spot on about the characters, but I also feel like on the flip side, I hope the show is showing like you shouldn't totally because there's so much of Alana and and I in the characters that I think that we still retain that stuff mm-hmm. and we are successful. Yeah. But I think that also at the same time some of the most successful people show that side of themselves. Yeah. Those things, those qualities. What yeah. do you think? I mean, I think if I think now about like how a lot of comedy is and a lot of it is, I'm thinking more of like the sort of like appet- 
Toeian era we're living in where it's a lot of like men children and yeah. a lot of like guys can be like you know children up until like they're 45 and I think that that's not seen a lot in comedy when it comes to women so yeah I think to me it is kind of like your characters to me represent not that they're immature just like they're exploring and they're figuring it out. And I think so often women are portrayed as like they had everything figured out since they were five. They knew they were going to get married. They right. knew they, they were going like to work. They have like a book and they're right. like, this is what I want. Right. Yeah. Your characters have this kind of like they're figuring it out and they're taking their time and they're not like freaking out. They're not like, well, where's our husbands? And, you know, that sort of thing, which is like, you know, even – Sex and City, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. I think it's a really great show about female friendship. But so much of it was, where is he? Where is the guy that's going to complete my life? So much of it. You know what I mean? That was like a step we needed to take in Mm -hmm. terms of female friendship. But then the the love part of it was, when you watch it now, I'm like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Where I'm like, I don't know what came first, if we felt that way or mm-hmm. we watched it and felt like we should feel that way. Yeah. You're like, am I a like pathetic 30-year-old or am I just watching something that says I am? Right. There aren't enough women showing how I think we actually feel. So mm-hmm. so that it, it is a thing where like I'm – I played 28 on the show. Yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> Showing that range, like, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is like, yeah, women in their 20s and 30s should be able to watch a show and not feel like, well, I'm I'm pathetic. Yeah. It's like, no, women are actually, a lot of women I know are just figuring it out and that's okay and that's it, not sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now you and Alana, you guys are clearly work wives, just like Jessica and I are. Yep. And, you know, we've been talking about relationships and I also think that like, uh, creative, I'm speaking specifically about platonic creative relationships, not like married couples who work together. Um, those I feel like can be even harder than romantic relationships because there's not like the makeup sex or there's not like the like sassy vacation you can take Mm -mm. where you're like let's (laughs) go back to six months in when we were like keyed and thought everything was great so what like what have if there have been any challenges like in your working relationship like how have you guys kind of worked through that and figure that out because that can be really hard yeah I mean we've been so we're in season four of the show but we've been doing, you know, we've been doing Broad City since 2009. That's crazy. And that's when we really formed the partnership. Maybe mm-hmm. I mean, even before that, it was like 2008, kind of. We put it out in 2009. And we were on an improv team together before that for two years. Um, so that's a— That's a decade. Oh, my You're God. Mar- yeah. You've been married for a decade. This is a civil union. Yeah. Yeah. And we've definitely grown— as a partnership and really learned how to do it. And in terms of writing Broad City, the voice of the show is us constantly debating and compromising on what storylines, what jokes should stay in, should go. So not that we're ever like arguing, but that every single day it's us being like, I don't know, dude, like, I don't know, like, you're right. Or, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I can't equate it to another relationship I have because Mm -hmm. it's totally different. But it, I think you have to be really open to, we're doing this thing together and we might do other projects together. Like we are, we wrote a movie together and we are doing other projects together, but it is like the relationship involves the other person's other career. Mm -hmm. 
and you have to be like open to that and you have to be supportive of it and inclusive of it. I, I just think that's the only way like that you can maintain it. I'm like very proud of it. Yeah. Yeah, you should be. It's a really yeah. great show. And I think on your show, because your characters are like named after you and like obviously look like you and kind of do some of the same things that you do that maybe people kind of like conflate. What is something that people get right assuming about you and then when they meet you and like what's the one thing you think they get wrong about you? If we're doing it right, we get the characters to have what we have. So that's, you know. Yeah. Um, so you, when Alana and I walk around in the city, which we do a lot, especially when we're working on the show because we need to like take a break, mm-hmm. it is like that relationship is there. That is totally true. And what they get wrong is I think when you meet me, I hope that I am different than the character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a way of just like being a little more grounded and mm-hmm. like rooted in like reality and I'm not as outwardly insecure. Like mm-hmm. I kind of play that on her face way more than I do in real life. I don't smoke as much weed as, as Abby on the show anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I used to, but I don't. I think the same is for Alana. She's not as wild mm-hmm. in real life. Like Alana is not as outwardly like sociable and crazy mm-hmm. in that way at a party or something. Mm-hmm. I think that's something we're actually playing with a little more as we go on is is dealing with that kind of stuff. I think that we're not as wild. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that? <laughs> yeah, you're not. And um yeah, you guys are just more ground like you're actual people. Yeah. And I feel like on the show it's not I don't want to say like cartoonish, but it's heightened, mm-hmm. you know, because otherwise a show where people aren't heightened, is it's not a show. No, it's like you don't really, really want to like watch that. real life. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, that's kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're in the middle of working on season four, which is very exciting. You guys just posted a video recently that season four is coming out in the summer. Yeah. Which is very exciting. Yeah. Um. So what... Like, can you give us, like, any sneak peeks or, like, what like what does season four hold? So I think more has changed for the characters than we've ever seen before. Ooh. Well, Alana, like, lost her job. Yeah. Last season she broke up with Lincoln. There's, like, big changes. I know. And then there's the Trey drama. Trey drama. Yeah, there's a lot to sort of deal with. Yeah. That's very exciting. Well, I can't wait to see the new season. I know it's going to be great. Thanks, Phoebe. I mean, it's every season. It's just been like more and more and more. I've been fantastic. Um, well, thank you so much for for coming in. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was so fun. Oh, good. I'm what glad. a nice way to start the day. Yeah. <laughs> what up, y'all? Um, well, um, if you guys haven't picked up Carrie this book yet, please do. Are you working on any other books? Or are you going to take a breather? I'm take a sec. That's how I feel too. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I need like to just recharge my batteries. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then Bra City is available exclusively on Hulu. It's on Hulu or iTunes. Okay, great. I think it's on Amazon too. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's not exclusive. No. <laughs> so take that part out. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Abby. Thank you so much, Phoebs. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ooh. Ring the alarm! And that's one more episode in the can. We're knocking them down. We're getting them out. We're shooting them in the taint. We're kicking them in the butt. Huh? Wait, can you backtrack for a sec? 
The So Many White Guys team includes Rachel Neal, Janice Altaroff, Jim Poyant, Paula Schumann, Isaac Jones, Jeremy Bloom, and Joe Plord. Our theme music was written by a white dude and sung by a bunch of other white dudes. You can check out video of today's interview with Abby Jacobson on the WNYC Studios Facebook page. And don't forget, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dope Queen Feeds. YQYE. Cool. Let's get started. <laughs> no. I still have Tic Tacs in my mouth, so. Can't you hear that? I'm going to chew them off while staring at you. Is this what having kids is like? <laughs> Listeners, I want to know. <laughs> Are we recording? We should use that as a button because that's really funny. <laughs> 